Once upon a time, in a faraway land, there was a story that changed everything. Hello and welcome to Story Tales, the podcast all about storytelling in its many forms. I am Marcus Hooper, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Amy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so today, to continue this spooky theme in October, the spookiest of all months, we're continuing our chat about the Harry Potter movies and books. We're kind of rolling them into one. And this time, we watched... Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Yep. I don't know why. <laughs> now you say something. <laughs> so we're going to start with Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and then we'll take a little break, and then after the break, we'll talk about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Now, I've seen all of these movies, but Amy, you have not, but you think you have seen all the way through Half-Blood Prince, right? Yes, I don't know when we would have watched that one, but, like, these movies have been really fuzzy. Like, whether we've watched them or not, I think I had a cold when we were watching them. I don't know why I don't remember the other one. I think you were definitely sick when we watched Goblet of Fire. Yes, and then we did watch it again recently. Um, but I don't know why. I I feel like I've been real fuzzy on the middle ones, but I know we watched Half-Blood Prince. You're very confident. Yeah. Maybe we should watch it again. Though. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely should. Um, but this, these two, I think it was a long time ago that you watched these two. Mm-hmm. And um, it, you were sick when we watched Goblet of Fire the first time. So just in general, let's about both of them. What were your impressions just kind of in general about both movies, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban and Goblet of Fire? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to answer. Did you like them? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Let me just do it. Okay. I liked them. Um, I thought they were fun, but like, of course, Got Little Fire, spoilers, is when it starts getting serious. Yeah. And I remember thinking that when I was reading them. I was like, okay, here we go. Like, serious yeah. now. It's, you know, it's happening it's, now. It's on. Uh, so <laughs> it actually felt, that's when I feel like the wizard, the second wizarding war really starts. Yeah. Yeah, like the the it's rest of waged. it is kind of a build up to it. <laughs> yeah. But once once spoilers, once Voldemort <laughs> comes back in his body. Spoilers. That's right, but I'm saying it again. But I, mine was more important. <laughs> of course. It's You're the main first. character. It's first. <laughs> once Voldemort comes back, the war has started. You yeah. know, like I think there's there's a threat of war in one, two, and three. But once he comes back at the end of four, the the war has started at that point. Yeah. What do you think, uh, it's been a bit since you've read the books, do you remember how you felt about the books, like when you were reading these two books? I thought they were really exciting. Um, as, like I remember reading Prisoner of Azkaban and like, like it was so suspenseful because Sirius Black had escaped Azkaban, you know, so it's like, uh, and then spoilers, <laughs> he's, and like I remember in the, the Shrieking Shack, like not knowing who to believe. Yeah. You know? And Harry immediately was like, okay, I trust you. And I was like, are you sure, Harry? <laughs> As the reader, I was very skeptical. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I believe him yet. Yeah. I felt that way about something else we watched recently. Captain Marvel. Spoilers for Captain Marvel. With the plot twist, I was like, she's really switching very quickly. Yeah, she did. She 
She trusted them very She quickly. believed the scrolls really quick. Yeah. I wasn't going to give away what the plot twist was. You already said spoilers. But I said <laughs> just that there's a plot twist. I wanted to be careful. Oh, well. What's done is done. There's no way to take out part, <laughs> parts of this audio. and. Josue, <laughs> <laughs> I'll cash up you $5. No, no. Josue, <laughs> leave it in. Um, so let's talk about... Prisoner of Azkaban specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already kind of mentioned some spoilers, so we won't do a non-spoiler talk and then spoiler talk. So spoilers for both of these movies, just in general. We're going to jump right in. Uh, quit making noise I'm over there. I'm sorry. Let me get... Quit. You're so noisy. You're so noisy. <laughs> it's the chair and then I bump the table. <laughs> I always get the loud chair when we do this. They're all loud. Ugh, like every chairs. single one of them. Yeah, we Too do. budget for <laughs> Zero. <laughs> like, what do you use it for? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> anyway, Prisoner of Azkaban. Are we doing something? <laughs> Are we doing something? Yeah, I thought we were just going to chat about chairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to... Chair chat. Chair chat. <laughs> chair chat. Welcome to chair chat. Oh, this is boring. <laughs> I don't no. mean chair chat. I mean this bit. It's a real boring. <laughs> it's a real boring bit. It's for us. Anyway, Harry Potter. <laughs> what? Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh. Um, I really like this book and mm. this movie. I think this might be my favorite book out of the series. It might. It might be one of my favorite movies. I don't think it's my favorite movie, um, but I think it might be my favorite book. Um, out of the series, how do you feel about that? Does it how does it rank for you? I wasn't able to pick a favorite book. I just liked them all together. Fair enough. Fair enough. They do really tie in together. Yeah. What's the last Deathly Hallows? That one was long, and I feel like which is why they split into two movies. Yeah. Um, and I felt like there were parts that I was kind of spacing off a little bit, but more in the like expositiony parts of like mm. or like when stuff wasn't like fully happening. Yeah. When when they're in the woods in that one, this is jumping ahead. When yeah. they're in the woods in that one, they lose me a little bit. Yes, because I was lost before they even got to the woods. And then I had been reading for several pages and I was like, wait, where are we? <laughs> and I had to play catch up a little bit. You they lost you in the Ministry of Magic when they go I undercover? No, it's been a few years since I read the book. That's a really good part. I don't know. I <laughs> We'll see when we get to the yeah. movies. I'd, I'd like to read them all again. I just don't read as much as I used to. Yeah. I'm so busy. Anyway, let's talk about this movie. Oh. <laughs> uh, I really like this movie. I think you can definitely tell um, Alfonso Coron, I hope I said his name right, he directed this one. So this is the first one not directed by Chris Columbus. And I feel like you really see his his style right away. Yeah. I think... I think the first three, directed by, you said Chris Columbus. First two. First two. Wait, is this This is three? the third one, yeah. So I lose count with the numbers and stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, first two, directed by, you said Chris Columbus. Yeah. I thought he was really good in those because they're young and the audience is presumably younger. Yeah. So I feel like it makes, and nothing super serious happens. Like, definitely nothing that I would have been able to handle as a student their age, you know. Right. But it's still like... A kids movie type of adventure. Yeah. Um, but these from Prisoner Prisoner of Azkaban on, I feel like needs to be more serious. 
Yeah, and it... No it, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> we need more serious, uh, which we do. We did. Um, but it gets a lot darker, and not just visibly, but, like, that does happen. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a more... There's a higher contrast. There's a darker look to it. But also just the subject matter gets darker, and I think that's why they did that, you yeah. know? Um, but also just... And, you know, we've talked about how we really liked Chris Columbus's style, but I don't think that style would have fit this story. No, I don't think it would have been appropriate. It's This story is not as fantastical. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's there's werewolves and monsters and scary stuff, you yeah. know? So I don't think, like, the bum ba da bum 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 it's a fantasy <laughs> adventure would have, like, fit this story. Yeah. It would have been clashing, and you would have been like, huh? Yeah, but I don't think it's a weird jump from the... The style of the second one to the style of the third one. It still makes sense. Yeah, it yeah. does. Because they're older and we're older. Yeah. I mean, we're only a little bit older from when we watched the second one. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes sense because they're teenagers now. So yeah. it, it it makes sense that a lot more angst gets injected yeah. into the <laughs> into the, yeah. the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I really like the visuals. I think, I feel like Alfonso Cuaron does a lot more interesting things with the cinematography and what I, and that's not a slight to Chris Columbus. Cause I, I talked a lot about how I loved a lot of his shots and what he did with the lighting. But I just think the stuff that Alfonso Coran does in this one is just more interesting. Like how he goes, he keeps going back to the whomping willow to show the seasons changing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and just uh, all these different shots he does. He does a lot of long takes which I think is really cool. Like uh, when when Mr. Weasley tells Harry about Sirius Black, it's a long take. And I think that's really interesting. But there's just a lot of a lot of interesting stuff in this one. What is a long take? That's where they don't cut for a long time. Okay. Like stuff plays out. It's almost more like a play where a scene might play out without a cut, okay. without an edit. That's what I assumed it meant. But I wanted to double check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like, film terms. <laughs> there are some movies like Birdman that are all one take. Birdman. Now, they actually did have cuts in that one, but they just hit it. They made it look like it was all one take without cutting. What other movie? You watched a movie in 2017, and I feel like that was supposed to look like one long continuous take, too. It was like a war movie. I didn't watch it, but it, it, oh. <laughs> it came out 2019. I'm, no, I'm thinking of a different one from when we were dating. This is a rabbit trail, and I don't know what you're talking about. Rude. Okay, but what movie was that that you're talking about? 1980, not 1980, 19 something. It's called 19 something. Okay, but it did a continuous take thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was mixing up two movies. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think you might be thinking of Birdman, which is not a war movie. I'm thinking of a different war movie that you watched. Hostway, cut all this out. No, it's It's really riveting. It's not. (laughs) It doesn't matter. No. Dunkirk. Dunkirk. <laughs> was not a long take. It, it was a war movie. Yeah. I was combining them in my Oh. Head. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can cut all that. <laughs> Leave the part where she's like, what's a long take? And I explain what it is. But then everything after that, you can cut. <laughs> so I know you're not as versed in cinematography as me. Mm-hmm. But what did you think of the visuals in this one compared to like what we've seen before? Um, I guess I thought they were good. Like, there was nothing that I was like, that looks weird, you know, or there was nothing, like, distracting from it. 
And I feel like I might have made a few comments to you about like, oh, that looks nice. But I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Nothing that stood out to you really? No, but again, I say that every time we talk about a movie. I sh- don't pay attention to cinematography. Yeah. A shot I really liked was when, again, spoilers, when Lupin turns into the werewolf and it zooms in on his eye and then his eye gets really dark. And then when it zooms out, he's like panting and his face looks different because what they what it looks like they did was is there's two different shots, one where he's normal and they zoom into his eye and then another one where they start with his eye, but they've added a lot of makeup to him and they zoom out. And what they did is they like morphed cut those Mm -hmm. two together. So it looked like he was, when they zoomed back out, he was changing. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was really cool. The transformation too was gruesome, which is good. Like, because that's what they were going for. Yeah. It was really it good. It was so yucky. Watching his feet like grow out of his shoes. Yeah. That was disgusting. I want to die. Could they have made him look more gross? Uh, while we're in this part of the <laughs> of the movie, um, I really love the scene where they confront Sirius Black and Lupin shows up. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I first... Because I saw the movies first. Yeah. When I first saw this movie... I was like, no, Lupin, I liked you so much, and you're a bad guy. And then they're like, we're not bad guys. And I'm like, sure, you're not. It's funny how, like, Lupin was a good guy this whole time, and then he hugs Sirius, and I'm like, he's a bad guy. And Mm -hmm. Lupin's like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, yeah, you you hugged him. Yeah, (laughs) I was thinking that when I read the books, too. I was like, no, I liked him. (laughs) Sorry if that was loud. That's okay. No, I liked him. No, stop. (laughs) But the first of all, the actor did a really great job, and I Mm -hmm. don't have his name in front of me. I wish I did. Yeah, look it up. The actor who played Lupin did great. Um, Obviously, I'm going to wait till you pull this up. No, no, no. Okay, I remember his name. Ah. Obviously, Gary Oldman was great as Sirius Black. I thought he was really, really good. What did you think? Yes, sorry, I was looking up Lupin. That's who you said you want to know, right? Yeah. Okay. We'll have to go I'm back to that conversation. Him. Yeah. Oh, Gary Oldman as Sirius Black. Yes, I really liked him. And I was surprised because you had asked me when the, not when we first started the movie, I think, but when he first showed up in the Shrieking Shack, I think you were like, do you recognize him? And I was like, no. But the I, actor. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, but I feel like you've told me who it is before and it surprised me. And then you finally did tell me, because you were like, just keep. And I was like, no, just tell me. And it was Gary Oldman. And yeah. the only, no, okay. I knew him from his episode on Friends, episode yeah. or two. And then, but that's not really anything to be like, hey. <laughs> um, but then we've watched the the Nolan Batman trilogy. Yeah, I was like. And he's that, really good in those. He was Commissioner Gordon in the Nolan Batman movies. Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh. No, you said it's Gary Oldman. And I knew he was Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> I finally learned his name before the other day when we watched that movie. Mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> I did. So uh, that scene was really good when they confront Sirius Black. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, first of all, all the actors are doing a great job. And that reveal is great when Snape runs in and he's like, I hate you guys. You don't know why yet, but it's clear that he's very biased. And then when Peter Pettigrew gets revealed, mm-hmm. I just love... I love when Gary Oldman goes, I've done my waiting. 
12 years of it in Azkaban. It was a really good delivery mm-hmm. because not all scream deliveries are good, like when you're screaming and saying something. Yeah. But that was really good. It was really good. It was very emotional. David Thewlis. Is Lupin. As Lupin. He was really good. I love Lupin in the movies and in the books. He's one of my favorite characters. And he, David Thewlis did a great, great job in this movie. He was so, so good. Yeah. Pause. This is not for the podcast, but this guy's credit is wizard. Thank goodness. I was wondering who the wizard in Harry Potter was. It's <laughs> I think it's because he played multiple people. Oh, or like Basically, an anyone wizard. who's small, he played them. Still. <laughs> like he plays um Professor, the charms professor. Oh, you mean physically small. Physically small. I thought you meant like a small character. No, no, no. Like a, like not in like. No, no, no. Physically small. Okay. Like he played Professor Flitwick. Yeah. And he also played some of the goblins at the bank. Mm. A bunch of stuff. But he was just credited as. Yeah. We have so much like just nothing in this episode that Josue needs to cut out. Sorry. That's okay. But thank, not you. That's all right. I wasn't. Thank you for apologizing. (laughs) I didn't mean it like that. Um. We were talking about Lupin. I know, but I'm not going to talk about that anymore. Unless you have more to say. No, I just liked him. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up again. You're Another thing I really liked was the music. Mm-hmm. I think there's some really good tracks in here. Nothing as notable, I'd say, as the first movie. The first movie, you know, obviously we get Hedwig's theme, which comes back in all the movies. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of the tracks in the first Harry Potter movie really stuck with me a lot more. But... The music in this was definitely beautiful, and it was definitely different than the first movie. Like, it didn't seem like they were reusing the same tracks, which they did in the second movie. Mm. I mean, luckily that music was good, but Mm. it did feel like it was different music. But I really did like the music. What did you think about the music? Yeah, I liked it too. I don't remember anything specifically other than, like, the main themes that were written, like, kind of for the series. Yeah. Um, but again, there wasn't anything that I was like, this is weird. Yeah. Um, I really liked another sequence that I liked. We talked about the series black sequence. I really liked the time turner sequence. Yes. Where they go back in time. Yes. And time travel. I don't like it because I'm not like, ew, a time travel movie, but it hurts my head. Like I was reading the books and I was like, what? And then I think I was trying to ask you, I was like, so they were there, but they weren't there, but they were there, and they were there again. Like, I, it's so confusing. I don't like to think <laughs> about it, because I just, I'll just take it at face value, because I can't think about What'd it What did you think much. of Back to the Future 2? I don't remember it very well. <laughs> it's good. Oh, wait. That it gets ruined, and Biff is super rich. Yeah. And mean. And then they no, go they back to the it. 50s again. They should have stopped at the first one. A lot of people think that. It, well, it's true. <laughs> I haven't seen three. So I really like, obviously, in J.K. Rowling's world, she subscribes to the idea that um, whatever happens, happened. Like, you can't, time travel isn't going to change what happened. It already happened. You just didn't know it. Yeah. So, like, before the, even before they time traveled, they were hit with those pebbles. Yeah. Hermione thought she saw someone in the woods. Somebody. Well, she thought she saw herself, like. She was like, I thought I saw. Yeah. And like she, because she's like, I'm wearing this outfit right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wearing this outfit right now. (laughs) 
And I, but I think I wonder if because she has the time turner, if she caught on a little bit, if she was like, "Hey, that was." Mm, I'm not gonna say anything because maybe this is a time travel thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't know. But also, um, somebody howls in the woods to draw the werewolf away. Yeah. Um, and Harry thinks he sees his dad mm-hmm. come to save him with the Patronus. Mm-hmm. It was really. <laughs> I laughed when. Uh, Harry told Hermione that he's like, I think my dad came to save me. And Hermione said, but Harry, your dad's... And Harry said, dead, I know. And I'm like, was Hermione just going to say that? Was Hermione going to be like, but Harry, your dad's dead. I he's think dead. so, but not... He's not, not going to come back. He's dead. Dead in the ground. Gone forever. She and wasn't like, going to say oh it Oh my mean. gosh, Hermione. No, she wasn't going to say it mean. She's like, Harry, what are you talking about? Your dad is dead. He can't just come cast a Patronus. And Harry's like, I know what I saw. Harry doesn't know time travel is possible at the time. So to make sense, he looks a lot like his dad, except his eyes, which he couldn't see from that far away. And he doesn't know the uh, limitations of the wizarding world or what dead people can do. Right. As far as he knows, dead people can come back. Whatever. Irised. Irised. And then there are ghosts all over their school. Right. And so there's no way, and he didn't grow up in the wizarding world, so he has no idea. So I think it makes sense. He he wanted to believe his dad saved him because that's the first logical thing that came to his mind. And also, why not? Like yes. so much impossible things have happened to him or so many impossible things have happened to him in the last three years. Yeah. So why not my dad, dad right there across the lake? Right. And that's like, that's a common thing. He'll be like, oh, I heard voices, but so what? I'm sure a lot of people hear voices. And they're like, mm, <laughs> no, not you really. You snakes? Yeah, and he's everyone? like, yeah. <laughs> kind of no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only like Voldemort. dictators. Only dictators. <laughs> 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 it's kind of true. It's true. <laughs> dictators and Slytherins. Why'd you say dictators twice? <laughs> <laughs> Slytherin are the bad guys. Slytherins Jim. are the bad guys, Jim. <laughs> Voldemort. Voldemort. <laughs> you guys watch the office? No. Anyway. <laughs> uh the time turner thing was really cool. I-, I like how all that stuff already happened. And then they went back in time. Uh I love by the way, just a little thing. I love how Hermione's starting to turn it backwards. And Harry reaches out to touch it, and she just smacks his hand. Yes, that was really funny. <laughs> She's just like, stop it. <laughs> Slow me down. Yeah, he's like, mess it up. <laughs> yeah, you're going to mess it up, you stupid little. <laughs> in the book, they went into like a broom closet. Yeah. I guess so nobody would see them when they're out in the open. <laughs> it's turning a time turner. Um, but they did that in the movie instead. But it makes more sense than like trying to cram two actors and a camera into a and a boom mic. Plus, it saves closet. time. They yeah. don't have to. After Dumbledore's like, you should use the time turner. They don't have to like <laughs> run yeah, off that's... to a different location. They can just be like, right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And we're and we think it would go a little something like what? this. <laughs> and they just start that's so turning. weird. <laughs> so I really like all that and how it comes together because those things that happened before, like Harry getting hit by the pebble and the pot breaking and the howling in the woods. You forget it a little bit. Like at the time, you're like, "What the heck is happening?" Mm-hmm. But then later, you're like, "Oh, you don't you don't remember it." Yeah. And then when they travel back in time and they do all that stuff and it all starts to connect, you're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. that makes sense." And then how Hermione has been going to all those classes. They did that yes. really well in the movie. Like they would do a a uh like when they were in the uh, defense against the dark arts class, and they're pushing in towards the students. 
and then like they're really close to the students and then they pass by Ron and suddenly Hermione's standing there mm -hmm. and it's an unbroken shot like they didn't cut but when you were in the wider angle you didn't see Hermione but now she's there mm -hmm. and she answers his question and Ron like turns around like huh. he goes when'd she get here every single time it's always Ron who's like what the heck why are you here He's the only one who thinks it's weird. Yeah. He's like, she wasn't here before. Why is everyone <laughs> acting like this is normal? Um, it doesn't really make sense, though, if you think about how they establish. This is really nitpicky, and it doesn't, no, really, right, it doesn't really ruin the story. But the way they established the time travel is that whatever happens has happened. So, like, before they traveled in time, they still got hit with the pebbles. They still heard the howling in the woods. You know? Yeah, and so they she was there the whole time. Right, so she should have been in class the whole time. Yeah. And then just, but that's but not as funny, notice, and it yeah. doesn't hint towards the time travel. Yeah. You know? I was thinking that, I think, when we watched the movie. I was like, well, hang on. How did she? <laughs> well, hang on. Because she's not teleporting. Right. She's time traveling. Right. Which doesn't, yeah. But again, I'm not going to think about it too hard or I'm going to cry. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, here's one, you know, obviously we've talked about how the movies can't keep everything from the book, um, because the books start to get longer and longer and they just have to cut more stuff out. So, you know, they can't keep everything. This is the first time I think really in the movies, they cut something that I think is pretty major out. It's not part of the main plot line, but to me, it's a pretty major element of the story. And it's explaining that they because they never revealed that that Harry's dad and his friends were all animagus. Yeah. And that they were the marauders. Yeah. And I liked that in the book. I think it was important. And they didn't oh, I'll put my arm down. Like later <laughs> and what <laughs> like later they call Peter Pettigrew Wormtail, but I never put that together because like, I, I didn't put that together till I read the books. I guess I didn't remember that when they read the Marauder's Map, it was Mrs. Mooney, Padfoot, Prongs, and Wormtail. I didn't remember that Wormtail was one of those names, and then later they call him Wormtail. I didn't remember that. I just thought it was a nickname. But then when I read the books, and they were like, oh, they were all Animagus, and they became Animagus on purpose. Well, obviously, you can't become an Animagus on accident. <laughs> but they became an Animagus. Is it animagi? Is that the plural? I, I don't know. Animag. I okay. I say it with hard G because I didn't watch the movies first. I read the books. Animagus. First. Yeah. I think it's animagus. Well. Anyway, animagi. I think is the plural. Jai. They. <laughs> they became. <laughs> it's, it's an I. They became animagi. Yeah, like cactus cacti. I don't know. They yeah. became animagi to like make Lupin feel better. I've been trying to say that sentence. For 10 <laughs> minutes. And I couldn't get through it. It's a little dramatic. No. It's a little dramatic. They became Animagi to make Lupin feel better because he like, was transforming into a werewolf. And so they became animals because I think he like didn't hurt animals or something. Or like maybe as animals they could like contain him a little bit better. Something like that. I thought it was just out of solidarity. Like we transformed too to help you feel better. Yeah, but I think at first they didn't have a potion that where he kept his mind, so he went crazy. That's why they built the Shrieking Shack. Yeah. So that he'd go crazy in there. So when okay, he's a cra when he's a crazy werewolf, he's not going to remember. Oh, these are my friends. 
So I don't, I I don't remember if werewolves just don't attack animals. And so when they were in animal form, he just didn't hurt them. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did it for him so they could hang out with him while he was a werewolf. Mm -hmm. And, but it also tied in somehow to when he, before he started drinking the potion. I was meaning that when he's a human, oh, I was meaning that when he's a human, they, you know, he's not like, oh, I'm the only one. Because they're like, no, we can do it too. You know, like to make his human self feel better. They did transform. I, they just did it for when he transforms so that they could go hang out with him. I, I haven't read the book in a long time. Because, because before, before they were animagi, then they couldn't go to the Shrieking Shack with him when he was a werewolf. So they did it so that they could go be with him and so he wouldn't feel so alone. Uh, and that's a, it's like a, it's such an indication of their friendship because mm-hmm. in the books they stress that becoming an animagus is a really, really tough thing to do. And they did it like on their own. They were unregistered. That's why mm-hmm. nobody knew Sirius Black could turn into a dog. Mm-hmm. And that's how he got out, right? Part of it, the other, part of the, in the book they explain how he got out. In the movie they're like, we he, don't know. Well, he's, <laughs> he's it's just crazy. <laughs> he's a great wizard, I guess, which he is. But yeah. he got out partly because he's a dog, and they didn't know he could turn into a dog. But also, the Dementors suck all the happy memories out of you, mm. and you start to go crazy. But Sirius Black had the the he had the the idea that he was innocent in his brain, which wasn't a happy memory. So they couldn't take it, mm. and it helped him stay sane because he could hold on to something that wasn't a happy memory, and they couldn't take it away. And then um, he became so weak that when he eventually when he turned into the dog and slipped out, he was a dog, so the Dementors couldn't really, like, they were like, this is a not a human. <laughs> and then he was so weak that they didn't really detect much from him anyway. Mm-hmm. So he kind of just walked past them. <laughs> but they didn't know he was an animagus. Mm-mm. Nobody knew. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of just like, because oh, Dementors can't see. Yeah. They don't have eyes. They just sense everything. I do want to talk about how disgusting they were. They looked great, though. Their, the mouth the, was, like, I fully gagged when I saw that yeah, mouth. Their design was great. It was. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. But it was well-designed. And we talked about this. You you already knew this, but I wanted to at least mention it that uh, J.K. Rowling based the Dementors off of the idea of depression, and mm-hmm. she had gone through depression for a while, and mm-hmm. uh, that's what they're based off. They're like personified, depression personified, mm-hmm. and I think as an allegory for that, they work really well. Yeah, and I, I it's like a small detail that eating chocolate helps you feel better after a Dementor attack because of the whatever in chocolate that makes you feel better. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not implying that, like, being in a deep depressive state, like I'm just eating chocolate, you know, or like if you have clinical, uh, clinical, clinical, clinical depression, you chronic just, depression. I was saying clinical and chronic at the same time, mm. but I was gonna say clinical. Gotcha. Um, that you, if you have like really serious depression, you can't just like eat some chocolate and feel better. I don't. I mean, you should get medicated probably, but like chocolate just, might help. It might, but it won't it's not cure you. Cure you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I like that that it was just like here eat this you'll feel better. Not just cuz it's yummy, but because it just does. Yeah. What is it that's in it? I don't know. Okay. Don't ask me. <laughs> ask Google. Somebody Google it. <laughs> Somebody Google it. Not us. We've got our phones, we're sitting in front of a computer, but we're not going to Google. We're busy. It. We're busy. What are they doing? We're making a podcast. <laughs> hey, get out of here. <laughs> Stop. Let's 
Stop talking about the chocolate, hey! <laughs> if there are any New Yorkers listening, they're like, ugh. Offensive. <laughs> That's offensive. <laughs> um, I forgot what we are talking about. Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, and in the Animagi. Animagi. <sighs> Sounds like magi, like the three wise men at yeah. Christmas. Uh, oh, wait, no, I was going to say Oh, something. but I didn't finish oh, my thought. Oh, but I was going <laughs> to Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, you go, and then I might remember what I was going to say. <laughs> Well, we started talking about this to talk about how they took that out of the movie. Oh, yeah. They they still say that, it still says on the front, what is it, Missers? Messers. Messers. It's like the plural of Mr., but I, I don't know why I guess so. Misters. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to Messers, Messers, Mooney, Padfoot, Prongs, and Wormtail. I don't remember what order it was in, but it lists them on the front as the creators of the Marauder's Map. And in the movie they never explain who those people are Mm -mm. and so i remember when i read the book and they were like oh yeah that was harry's dad and his friends i was like oh my gosh that was a huge reveal Mm -hmm. to me because i was like they didn't mention that Mm -hmm. in the movies and that like harry's patronus is a stag and so was his dad's and his dad turned into a stag that's why he was called prongs and i was and i was like that's so cool I I mean, they could have mentioned that. That wouldn't take very much time to just mention that. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I don't don't write scripts for like Hollywood movies. (laughs) Which of these two movies was Rita Skeeter in? Is it the next one? Next one. Okay, then I'll save it. Okay. Good. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm beating him up. (laughs) He deserved it. (laughs) Um, Let's at least mention because the, the, the actors from all the other movies were good. Like, they were still good. In fact, you you start to see their acting get better, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, for sure. They're doing, like, real acting. Yeah. Not that they weren't before, but, but less child like, acting and more, like, action. you know, yeah. grown-up acting. Yeah, they did a really, really good job. Oh, and the new Dumbledore's in this one. Yeah. He's, he's good in this one. I heard someone point out, because really, he's, in later movies, he doesn't fit the character, but... Somebody pointed out to me it might not be the the actor's fault. It might be the director's oh, fault. Oh, because we also got a new director for this one. Yeah, well, and so, for the next one. But in this one, because in this one he's not like he's not too aggressive. Well, remember when the fat lady is missing from the painting? Like all the oh, yeah. doors are standing there, and he's like, he's "Out of the way, get out of here!" Shoving kids down this scary he's like, stairwell. Move, move, I'm in charge. <laughs> Dumbledore's literally like, "Move, move!" And we're yeah. like, "That Dumbledore would not do that." No. Oh my gosh! Like he was so <laughs> aggressive, but it it gets more egregious in the next one. Yeah. And then in you following all know the ones. Line. Oh, yeah. You, you all, know, all it. know it. If you've seen it. And then in following movies, too, it, it, it happens again. But it wasn't so bad in this one. But again, it could be to the it could be due to the direction because A, that actor probably didn't read the books. Yeah. So he only knows what's on the page. That's true. And all he saw was probably it, the script said Dumbledore tells kids to get out of the way. Yeah. And so what would you you'd be like, get out of the way? That's yeah. your hey. interpretation. Hey. Move it! Yeah. But actually not me. <laughs> the director <laughs> I mean. and now the director might not have known either. I think more people on set should have read the books. But yeah. the director or somebody should have been like, that's not Dumbledore doesn't act like that. Like he's a lot more soft spoken. And I've heard some people say, Well, but you know, the movies are their own thing. And I'm like, but they're no, adaptations not. of the book, they're supposed to be the same characters. Yeah. 
And I I like a soft-spoken Dumbledore better than a, get out of my way. That's why we like Jude Law as Dumbledore. Yeah, I feel like if Jude Law were super old, he would have been a really good Dumbledore. He has the energy of Dumbledore and the soft-spokenness of Dumbledore. Yeah. He's like witty, like he did the wittiness really well. Yeah. Like, and even, this is talking about Fantastic Beasts now, <laughs> but even when those ministry people were being super rude to him, mm-hmm. he would just like smile and like be like, uh, well... We disagree about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's how Dumbledore would act. Yeah. Somebody they're they're literally getting in his face and they were making me mad. And I'm not Dumbledore. <laughs> they were like, Oh yeah, you idiot. You <laughs> dummy. We hate you. Dumby. Yeah, you dumby. And Dumbledore was basically like just smiling like Oh, poor, poor people. Sucks to be you guys. Yeah. He's so so wrong. And I was like, that's how dumb well, he wouldn't say anything you just said. No. But, but like That's the the life. relaxed smiling attitude, like nobody can get to him. Like yeah. somebody could like yell at him, like and just shout profanities in his face, and he could just smile and be like, "I'll just wait till you're done," you know? Yeah. That's Dumbledore to me. I do feel like he was good, like when they were at Hagrid's house before yes. Buckbeak's execution. He was and very he, good because he knew they were there. I don't. I guess he was just like, "It's inevitable. He They're was- gonna be there." <laughs> So he was just like, oh, oh, look over, oh my goodness, look over, oh my, you know, trying yeah, to distract. I love that. You the see those, those hills over there? Yeah, like, oh, it's gorgeous. Because he knew somehow. He was Dumbledore. He knows it. It's like when they were in the invisibility invisibility cloak in the last one, and he like looked right at them and was like, there will always be help at Hogwarts for those who ask for it. Uh, which to me is a weird line, by the way. I didn't mention it in the last one. <laughs> It seems like it's leading somewhere else. There will always be help for those at Hogwarts who ask. Well, yeah, right? <laughs> it's my isn't, school. Like, isn't that just kind of like, I felt like it was leading to somewhere else. Like, there will always be help for those at Hogwarts who are brave or something, you know. But he was just like, there will always be help for those who ask for help. Thanks, Dumbledore. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Get out of here. <laughs> they get they just take off the cloak and they're like, "Get out of here." <laughs> we no duh. Get out of here. Get out. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dumbledore just kind of always knows what's going on. So I love that he's like, "Look over there. Look over there." And then I love how when Fudge is like, "The the, the beast is gone." And he like looks at Hagrid and he's like, where is the monster or whatever? And Dumbledore and Hagrid's like says something and Dumbledore's like, now Hagrid, I'm sure the minister's not implying that you had anything to do with this. Mm. I mean, you were inside with us the whole time. And Fudge is kind of like, well, I I guess you're right about that. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you guys could have seen that. (laughs) (laughs) but like that's like a very the one thing about Dumbledore he's really good at at calling somebody out but in a diplomatic way so like that was a perfect way to like basically say like Fudge you're an idiot like you saw him in there with us the whole time but he directed it at Hagrid so it was basically like he was basically saying no the you know Fudge is really smart. He already knows this because he's really smart. That's a good way of like giving Fudge an out so he could be like, well, yeah, of course, of course, of course. I always knew it. He was was in there the 
whole time. Of course, Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore, of course he was in there with us the whole You're time. Trying to make me laugh now. Dumbledore. <laughs> where has that beast gone? Did Hagrid have anything to do with it? Dumbledore! <laughs> This is not funny to anybody else. No, they're going to be like, oh, unsubscribe. (laughs) (laughs) From your YouTube channel and from the podcast. (laughs) Deleting you from social media. It's like our family is like, ugh, (laughs) uninvited to Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Unrelated. (laughs) But yes, he was really good. I, I think the actor is good. I think these things aren't his fault. Like he doesn't know he's supposed to be doing it different. Mm-hmm. and nobody told him. Or he did know he was supposed to be doing it different, but somebody told him to go the other way. Mm. Well, like you said earlier, more people should have read the books. Correct. <laughs> Correct! <laughs> Stop, you're going to blast it out. What's that called? Max it out. Yeah. Is that right? No. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so is there anything else about this movie that we want to talk about? We talked about the performances... The new characters, the old characters. There's got to be, but I can't. Why does there got to be? Because I feel like we're forgetting. Let's just conclude. Okay. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) So in conclusion, (laughs) I don't want to say that. (laughs) So in conclusion. (laughs) You said you didn't want to do it, so I said I would do it. (laughs) So what did you think about this film? Overall, after everything we've talked about. Amy, what did you think about Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban? Tell us. We're dying to know. You're being so loud in the microphone. We're dying to know. Tell us. No, what for real? What? So, what do you? What are your final thoughts about Prisoner of Azkaban? Oh, I liked Prisoner of Azkaban. I liked the book and the movie, and I think they were good. I think it was a good adaptation, although again, just forgetting. The anima guy or jai and it's like gif or jif. (laughs) It's gif. It's jif. I honestly couldn't remember which one I said, so I'm glad you said first. Um, yeah, just forgetting that, and then uh, some choices made by the actor who plays Dumbledore. But I think that's it. But those are like very small things. Yeah, it's a good movie overall. I just feel like those. Do you like this one better than the last two? Yeah, I think I do. Yeah. I think it's a better movie, but also it's a better story, mm-hmm. which, you know, it was all written by the same people. Yeah. But I just think it's a more interesting story. Yeah. I feel like I was, like, really reacting to, like, the um, the Quidditch danger and stuff. Like, uh, oh, yeah. Or, like, you know, in the screaming rain, playing at the in scary the rain. parts. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I, yeah, I really liked it, too. Like you said, there's a lot more to like than there is that... There's not, there's not even really anything I dislike. Maybe the Dumbledore stuff, but that's like one scene. Yeah, it's just like, ah. Uh. And, and it's not egregious like it is in later movies, so I, I, I don't even think I could say I dislike it. It's just something for a little bit that I went, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. Something but, we would change, but right. it's not like it ruined the whole movie yeah. that he was pushing those kids on the stairs. But most <laughs> of the movie, pretty much all of it, I really, really liked. It was really good. It, visually, it was much more interesting it had a really nice story. All the performances were really good. Even Dumbledore. I thought his yeah. performance was good in this one. Um, so, I, yeah. I think it's definitely worth a watch, worth a read. Yes. So, if you haven't seen this one, what are you doing listening to this? We yeah. said spoilers. <laughs> if you haven't seen this one, check it out. 
definitely worth it. I, I really like this one. Yeah, and if you're a reader, read it. If you like audiobooks, listen to listen it. Listen to it. Yeah. yeah, it's on Audible. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, now we're gonna take a short little break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Stay with us. Bye. Welcome back, and now we are going to talk about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Mm -hmm. So this is really the first movie where I like the movie, but I feel like they cut out too much of stuff that I liked from the book. And spoilers, by the way, for this for this book and for this movie. So if you haven't seen it and you want to, don't don't listen to this, mm -mm. or go watch it, or read it, and come back. They took out a lot of stuff or changed a lot of stuff about Barty Crouch Jr. And I really liked his character in the book and what happened with him. Mm -hmm. Like how he was at the game, the Quidditch game against his will under a blanket. And they cut out Winky entirely. Yeah, the well, house they cut elf. out most of the, like the whole house elf. Plot. Yeah, Spew was completely cut out of the movie series. They never bring up Spew. No, I can see how they wouldn't have time for that. Though. Yeah, it was a B plot. But you could do this without. You could do Winky, Winky, and Barty Crouch Jr. and all that stuff without doing Spew. I think. But wait, you said he was there against his will. Can you remind me because I don't remember that? He was under an imperious curse by his dad. So okay, so again, spoilers. <laughs> but he was in Azkaban for being with Voldemort. Mm -hmm. And his mom was dying, and her dying wish was that they would get him out of prison because she hated that he was in there. And so Barty Crouch Sr. like did agreed because it was her dying wish. He didn't want to do it. He hates his son now. But he was like, fine, because it's your dying wish. So Barty Crouch Jr. was also dying in prison. So they used polyjuice potion on him to make him look like her and then vice versa on her to make her look like him. And then the Dementors, since they can't see, all they knew was one healthy person and one dying person came in, one healthy person and one dying person went out because okay. they were both dying. So he Wait, then who would be the healthy person? Barty Crouch Sr., he, oh, okay, he, I gotcha. He gotcha. was the same person who came in and came out. I gotcha. The dying person switched. So then they got him out, but then he didn't let him live a free life. He basically kept him under the imperious curse for his whole life mm -hmm. at home just so he wouldn't do anything. Um, but then Winky, their house elf, like really started to care for him and take care of him. And then eventually he learned how to overcome it. And he broke out of it, out of the Imperius curse. Mm -hmm. And he was able to contact Voldemort. And he, some, no, something happened. What was it? Oh, Bertha, Bertha Jorkins came over or something. She's a character that's dropped out of the movie too. Yeah, I don't know that name. Well, <laughs> she was, since college. She, we never meet her. She goes missing at the beginning mm -hmm. of the book. And you find out that she was killed. Yes. And I think she saw him like he was breaking the curse, the Imperius curse, and he did something and she saw him and then she blabbed about it to Wormtail and Wormtail told Voldemort. And then 
they went to their house, to the Crouch's house. This was after, I think, Barty Crouch Sr. had put him put his son under the Imperius curse again. They went to the house, and I might be getting everything mixed up. <laughs> I am getting it mixed up, because he was breaking out of the curse of the Imperius curse, and Winky convinced Barty Crouch Sr. that they should take Barty Crouch Jr. to the Quidditch World Cup, because she was like, oh, he hasn't been out of the house in a long time, and, you know, it would be nice for him to get some fresh air. And Barty Crouch Sr. was like, fine, but keep him under the invisibility cloak. But while they were there, he was able to finally break out of the curse, mm. and he stole Harry's wand because Harry was sitting in mm. front of them. And um, while the whole thing with the Death Eaters was happening, when the Death Eaters were attacking, mm. he was trying to run away, but Winky like was trying to pull him back. So at one point, they saw Winky looking like she was running the opposite direction, but she was going backwards. Yeah. And it was because she was connected to Barty Crouch Jr. and he was going the opposite way, but he was under the invisibility cloak, so mm -hmm. you couldn't see him. I do remember that. Like, she, they were like, what is she doing? She looks like she's struggling real bad. Yeah. Yeah. And he cast the, uh, the dark mark, mm -hmm. but he did it with Harry's wand. And then when they all, when the auras all showed up and they did the stupefy spell, it all shot past Harry and Hermione and Ron. But it did fly into the woods, and it did hit Winky and Barty Crouch Jr. Mm -hmm. But he was under the invisibility cloak. So when they searched the woods, they only found Winky. And they thought Winky had done it. Mm -hmm. So Winky gets let go by Barty Crouch Sr., but he also found Barty Crouch Jr. under the invisibility cloak. Like, he saw, he put two and two together, mm -hmm. found him under there, imperiused him again, let yeah. Winky go, and then... Later, Wormtail came to their house, and they imperiused Barty Crouch Sr., and they released Barty Crouch Jr. And then Barty Crouch Jr., they formed that whole plan where he's going to become Mad-Eye Moody and all that stuff. Okay, I gotcha. And then, it, it to me, it just makes it much more interesting. There's more of a mystery. Like, there are more, like, there's more evidence that something's up with Barty Crouch and Winky. And you don't know it's tied into Mad-Eye Moody until later, but... I don't know. It just makes it so much more interesting, and that character is more interesting. And I know that they don't have as much time, but I think they changed it too much. He was just like a regular guy who went to prison and now is not in prison. Yeah. And they just don't explain how the heck that happened. He's just not in there anymore. He's just he's just free again. It's like okay. <laughs> People just be escaping from Azkaban. Now yeah. They just be walking. Up. Sirius Black just turned into a dog and left. And so they were like, I wonder if we can just leave. And so they just left. <laughs> and the Dementors were like, bye. All right. <laughs> just be back by bedtime. <laughs> so anyway, I this is the first time that I'm like, like the Marauders in the last one, I, it, I'm bummed that they removed that. And it didn't make sense to me until I read the books. But this is the first time that I'm like, you should have kept that in. I think that's a mistake because mm -hmm. it really adds to the story. Mm -hmm. And because of that and a few other things, the book, this is the first time I think the book is way better than the movie. Mm -hmm. Now, this movie's not bad. Yeah. I do like this movie. The book is way better. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And this is really the first time that that happens because the other movies are still pretty close to the book 
or they do their own thing enough that you're like, oh, this is a different experience and I like it. Yeah, you said, I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, I'll allow it. This is the first time I'm like, y you should have sticked closer to the book. I know you were trying to hit a certain time limit, but you should have sticked closer to the book. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think they should have stuck closer to the book. And there's a few other things too, I feel like, that they changed and it's not really clear why they changed it. Again, it might be because it's just cheaper not to have so many house elves in it. Um, like, because uh, in the book, Dobby gives Harry the gillyweed. Yeah. And in the movie, it's Neville. Which is weird because in the book, Mad-Eye, who's really Bar Barty Crouch Jr., did, he did try to get Neville to bring it up to Harry, but Neville never He's thought of it. Away. He was just like, this is a nice book. <laughs> And Mad Eye was like, "Is there anything in there that might be interesting to Harry?" And Neville was like, "No." Nah. Who's Harry? <laughs> I'm reading about plants. So in the book, <laughs> in the book, uh, he basically, like, whenever Dobby was around, was like, "Oh, I wish Harry Potter would think to use gillyweed." <laughs> the other professor was probably like, "Who starts a conversation like that? We, j I haven't even talked to you all day." <laughs> And then Dobby was like, hmm, I'll tell Harry Potter about that. So, which I think is interesting because it's like he tried to get Neville. It's more realistic because he tried to get Neville to do it without telling him to do it. And Neville just didn't think of that because he was, he was trying to be sneaky and not be like, you should tell Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. So he just tried to get Neville to think it was his idea, but Neville didn't catch on because, mm -hmm. you know, he's not thinking deviously. Yeah. So th to me in the book, that makes it seem more realistic, like... He's not so much of like a puppet master as he thinks he is. Yeah. Barty Crouch Jr. He's he like, oh, that didn't work. Oh, you know? Okay. Plan B. Yeah. <laughs> but because uh, I don't know how much time you save by cutting that out. But it might be money because I feel like maybe animating Dobby through the whole That's like, true. So I didn't think about that. Winky. I just thought of it like two seconds ago. Yeah. But like, yeah, maybe like because they save time with the spew plot, like cutting it. But they probably also did save a ton of money by not animating all the house elves. Yeah. Um, let me tell you what I liked about this movie and what stood out to me. Please do. The performances, especially Mad-Eye Moody, I thought that actor was really good. Um, mm -hmm. to me, that's what Mad-Eye Moody's like. Like, yeah. when I read the book, I'm like, yeah, he was really this good. fits. And, you know, the main cast is still really good. Mm -hmm. Everybody from the other movies who's still in it is really good. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do like the basic story. Although, I think they cut out too much. Mm -hmm. um, oh, Robert Pattinson. He's good. Oh my gosh, he's amazing. He's barely in it, but he's really good. They should have used him more. Yeah. He was amazing. Well, to be fair, I think they use him about as much as the book does. I don't think the book uses him any more than... That's true. Um, but he was really good. Um, now, now, let me tell you the big thing I didn't like. Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. This is the movie where infamously... In the movie, he goes, he goes, you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> do you have one of the other students do it for you? Look what you did. Huh? Huh? And in the book, <laughs> it wouldn't be much, it, it would be an issue because that's not what Dumbledore is like, but it's worse because in the book, it specifically says that he didn't say it like that. Yes, because that's the point. Dumbledore knows Harry didn't do that because it's impossible for Harry to do that. Yeah. Because they've set it up so underage students can't. And he knows Harry's so, not that kind of person. Exactly. So the whatever, the people who are like, 
you cheated. He knew Harry wouldn't do it, but to play to them or to satiate them, I don't know any of the words. That look it's a, he, he says, okay, yeah. Harry, did you do it? And he's like, no, I didn't do it. He's like, hmm, see, I believe him. Yeah. But he, in the- in He asked it as a technicality. Yes. Because he's like, you. we have to ask- just so nobody can say we didn't. Yeah. Because if if people were like, did you even ask him if he did it? So he was like, okay, Harry, did you did you do this? No, no, I didn't think he did. You know. Yeah. And so it's that's what it was, and it was even calmer than what I just did. Yeah. It says calmly, so he yeah. probably was like, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? And then Harry's like, no, and he's like, there, you see, you know. Yeah. But in this one, he even comes like sprinting in yeah, the room, he's and he's like, like "How could you cheat somehow?" He's like, "What did you do? What have, what have you done?" And it's like, "It's who is this man?" Again, I don't want to blame the actor. It could have been the directing or the script. You know, he even could be doing was, what he was told. Yeah, even if it was an actor choice, nobody stopped him. Nobody was like, "Wrong." <laughs> Nobody was like, that's wrong. Stop. We're going <laughs> to get deleted off the internet or something. He's the best Dumbledore. Stop. He's, it's, it's a huge part. Enough. <laughs> so I didn't like that. But that's really the only time. I mean, that's an egregious thing. But it only happens that one time. It, it's not like through the whole movie he's yelling at people and you're like, mm, stop it. Um, but I will the say there's, a, there's another time where it happens. When he calls Harry Potter's name, he's like, Harry Potter! Harry Potter! And then Harry's like, I'm like, I wouldn't come up either. (laughs) Shouting my name. (laughs) In the book, it literally just says that he just reads, Harry Potter. It doesn't say that he's like, where are you, you little snot? You little stupid kid! Putting your name in the double of fire! You put your name in the double of fire! Right in front right of all the students. <laughs> he doesn't even call his name. No. The paper flows to his hand and he just runs over to him. He's like, you put your name on the goblet of fire. <laughs> yeah, one of the, he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> You're going to ask us all this? <laughs> starting with you. <laughs> yeah, starting with Harry, the most famous one. <laughs> <laughs> he uses the same energy too. <laughs> Jenny Weasley! Yeah, yeah. Jenny, <laughs> you put your name on the goblet of fire? <laughs> Do you have one of the other students do it for you? Because the paper that came out said, all Hogwarts students. Yeah. Colin Creepy. Do you put your name Colin Creepy? You put your name in the goblet. Right? Takes a picture of him. You put your name in the goblet of fire. <laughs> I was trying to think of an obscure kid. He goes, he goes over to, to, he goes over to. <laughs> I don't know what to say. What's Robert Pattinson's character's name? Cedric. He goes over to Cedric. Do you put your name in the goblet of fire? Yes. Yeah. You, you drew my name. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> he gets suddenly gentle. He's like, that's right, Cedric. I, I'm good so luck. Uh, good, good luck. I, we're all believing in you. Turns to the next student. You put your name in the goblet of fire. Uh, no one thought that was funny. No. <laughs> um, so I, it, I guess it is It is kind of a thing that happens a little bit. Like in that, I think that scene where he draws the names and where he confronts Harry he yells. Yeah. But then after that, he doesn't really. But it's a problem. It's not That's not how the character would act. In fact, it, it's the exact opposite of what that character would do. And yeah. it, it bugs me, and I know it bugs a lot of people. Oh, yeah. I knew about that before I even read the books or knew anything. I saw it on a Tumblr <laughs> post on Pinterest where somebody had typed out, in all caps, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Dumbledore said calmly. And yeah. I was like, what is this all about? And then I read it in the book, and I was like, 
okay, wait. And then so it started to get more. Yeah. But yeah, I had heard about it a long time ago from Tumblr people. Yeah. Thanks, Tumblr. Thanks, Tumblr. <laughs> I never had a Tumblr. Here's another thing I didn't love is when the other schools first come in and the Bobaton school comes in, which, by the way, in the book, it's not all girls. Mm-mm. It's They're just French. I don't yeah. know what that is. Like why that means they're all beautiful women. They had to do all beautiful women so we could get a good camera shot of their butts. Well, and Durmstrang was all men. Yeah. It's like why can't you have like strong women yeah. like who are like Hua! strong women? They don't got those muscles. No, men are strong. Women are sexy. Right. That's why they did that. Correct. She got it wrong in the books. Right. J.K. Rowling is mistaken. She did it wrong. Right. <laughs> But I don't like <laughs> how when they pass by, it just does a shot of their butts. It's so I'm like, first of all, aren't these actors like minors? Maybe they weren't. But, but the still, characters were minors. The characters were minors. Wait, they were 17, which is adults. Probably not all of them, right? Well, why were they even there for the Triwizard Cup if they weren't 17? Well, Fleur's sister was there. She was only there later, like as a visitor, right? She I thought she was just time. watching. I didn't know she was there the whole I thought time. like... Several people from the school came. Maybe it's just people who are old enough. Contestants. Either way, it's still weird. And then Ron goes, "Bloody hell!" Thanks, Ron. I was like, "Thanks, Ron." I joked that like (laughs) (laughs) when the when the Bobaton girls left, they walked by Ron, and I was like, "What if he was just like bloody hell?" (laughs) And like looked at (laughs) their butts again. And I was even joking, like, "What if they had a funeral for for Cedric and the Bobaton women were there, and they like walked by to like pay their respects?" And Ron's like crying, and they walk past Ron, and he's like, <laughs> "Bloody hell!" <laughs> 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 Why does he have to comment? I don't know. They made his character so dumb in the movies. Yeah, like he's kind of funny in the books. And in the maybe books, he's like, "Uh," I mean, in the movies, he's yeah. like, he's like, "Uh, hot women, hot girls, bloody hell." <laughs> No, I was going to say, in the books, what's the pretty ladies with the silver hair? Vila. Vila. And I remember, like, the men at the Triwizard Cup, not the Triwizard Cup, the World Cup, the Quidditch World Cup. Yeah, the Quidditch World Cup. Because they were, like, literally enchanting because they were so beautiful and pretty. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, (laughs) Makes sense, though, that that kind of creature would exist. No, 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 I know. But then later, when, uh, what's her name? The main... Fleur. Fleur. You already said it, but I forgot. Fleur de la Fleur. Fleur de la They call her Flim later when she tries what? to date Bill. What? Or, yeah. When she's dating Bill yeah. in the books and Jenny and the rest of the Weasleys don't like her, so mm. they call her Flim mm. instead of Fleur. I don't remember that. should read them. They're, they're pretty good. <laughs> I should, read them. I read books. them. You should read those books. Like they're, three years ago. They're pretty good. <laughs> Wait. Pretty good books. Yeah, 2019, so almost three years ago. 18. Um, I read them in the winter of 2018. I'm glad you're laying this out for Thank us. you. I forgot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading them in my college dorm room, and that's as specific as I could get, so I had to work good. it out with I'm you. I'm glad we have a mental picture of <laughs> yes. where you were and what year it was. And yeah. <laughs> I, you know, okay. <laughs> I was going to do more, but nobody cares. No. And you have made it abundantly clear that nobody cares. About okay, that, not so about anyway, you. Fleur, they care about you. <laughs> yes. Fleur, um, they um, they made a point in the books that when she gets there, she is so entrancing. Entrancing is that a word? Enchanting. Enchanting. You got it wrong twice. <laughs> I know. She is so entrancing. It's dinner time. En- entrancing. 
Boom, got it. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay. She is so intrudiful. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast over, last episode. No. Um, enchanting? Enchanting. I forgot the real like word. Like Ella. Did you yeah, like Ella. Okay. Ella Enchanted. That should be an episode where we talk about Ella Enchanted. It should be. <laughs> Cinematic masterpiece. I uh-huh. love that movie, unironically. Uh, Fleur. <laughs> She's yes. so enchanting. Correct. That they compare her to Avila. Maybe it's just like the narration of the book compares her. And she definitely has that kind of hold on Ron. And so isn't it like she's half Vila or something? She's part Vila, yeah. at least. Yeah, but they totally cut out Vila's, which I get that's not the most important plot point, especially as far well, as the Because they cut out they most cut of the cu- the World the Cup. Cu- yeah. So if they already had to make a ton of cuts, it makes it... Like if, if I had to choose between the actual drama of Barty Crouch Jr. versus Vila's, he Barty Crouch Jr. But yeah. We didn't even do that, did we, directors? That's so stupid. I don't know why they <laughs> cut that out. I hate that. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> uh, here's something else that is not great. It's not really a... I didn't actively hate this because I had no feelings about it, and I'll explain it. The visuals and the and the... Music, nothing really stuck with me. Like, it didn't look bad. It Mm -hmm. didn't sound bad. Mm -hmm. But there was nothing that I was like, that was nice. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just kind of like, hmm. Like, it seemed like it was mostly just showing what was happening. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, the production design was good. The costumes were really good. And the music wasn't bad because I wasn't like, oh, hideous. But nothing really happened visually or musically that I was like, oh, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, pause. This is about earlier. It doesn't need to stay in. We forgot to talk about the stupid closing shot of Azkaban oh. with freaking Harry Potter in the freeze frame. <laughs> that sounds like a title of a movie. Harry Potter in the freeze frame. Harry Potter in the freeze frame. The freeze frame of doom. That's the true sequel, not Cursed Child. <laughs> freeze frame. Ugh. Okay, but back to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, back to what we were saying. Back to what we were saying before. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I agree with you because I mean, I know I was thinking and I was stuttering, so I backed up. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think anything's really stuck out to me about the cinematography or the music, but not a lot does anyway. So my opinion's not super important about that. And I mean, we watched this a few weeks ago, but. I've seen it several times, and I just, there's nothing, I don't know. Mad-Eye Moody's design is great. I yeah. like that. But yeah. like I said, the, the costume design and the production design was really good. Mm-hmm. It's consistent with everything else. The, the one thing that really strikes me, I think, is the production design of the dance, like when they go to the ballroom. Yes. Actually, I don't think it's a ballroom. Isn't it the- The dining room. It's the dining, what do they great call hall. it? The great hall. But the way they made it look was so cool. And I've seen behind the scenes footage where most of that is like real. Oh, good. And it looks really great. But that's not cinematography. Mm-hmm. The production design, like I said, it's great. Mm-hmm. None of the camera shots really stick with me. And none of the music really sticks with me. The whole scene in the graveyard I was, was just thinking intense. that. That, like, that looked really nice. But yeah. again, I don't know if that's cinematography or just production design like it looks really good good. yeah you know yeah i i will say i'll say the shots of the battle between voldemort and harry are really cool yes 
I think those are the only shots that really stick out to me. Um, while we're here, we forgot to mention earlier, but Ralph Fiennes as Voldemort. Oh my gosh. Really good. We were talking about that when we were watching it, that he was giving his 100%. He was dedicated. He took it very seriously. And yeah. you can tell. And I said, I, I mentioned that he was chewing the scenery, but in a good way. Because I think Voldemort would chew the scenery, like yeah. in real life. Explain it. It's basically like being melodramatic. Yeah. Because yeah. I had to ask. He said that, and I was like, what? And so he said- <laughs> What? It, it's like, the, the positive term would be being melodramatic. The negative term would be overacting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, some people would probably say that, in, that Jim Carrey chews the scenery in some of his comedies. Some? <laughs> Amy is not a huge fan of Why Jim Carrey. Why would you say that? They're all going to eat me alive. No, they're not. <sighs> I'm already afraid to tell them I don't like Star Wars. I'm sure. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Cut, cut, cut. No, no, cut, no, no. Cut. Leave it in. Leave it in. Yeah, in fact, turn that part up. Turn that part up. Anyway, yeah. The graveyard scene, the whole thing is great. Ralph Fiennes really drives that scene, and he's great. This is he's the first time we see him as Voldemort. He's awesome, and his Wait, design was, is great. Who is the little baby head Voldemort in the first one? I don't know. Some oh, guy. But not him. Not Ralph Fiennes, no. Okay. So um, okay. Yeah, he was really, he really good. Stuff. And this is, I mean, he's Voldemort through the rest of the series, and mm -hmm. he's great. But, like, this is the first time we see him, and... He's menacing, mm -hmm. and he, you can tell he really enjoys being evil. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. he loves it. Yeah. Um, and he's threatening, and I, uh, and then I love when Harry's parents show up, and when Cedric's ghost shows up. Yeah. Oh, that part And he says, cry. take my body back to my, to my father. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Oof. When they go back, oh, we're done talking about Ralph Fiennes. He was great. There's nothing much more I can say. You should watch it. He's really good. When they go back to the Triwizard Tournament in the Quidditch field. And when Cedric's dad is like, let me through, he goes, that's my son. And yeah. he's like, my boy. And he's like crying. I'm like, oh my gosh, that dude. Scene, that scene made me cry. Yeah, I was like, you, you quit. Oh, fun fact about this book slash movie. So there's a podcast that you told me about mm -hmm. called Harry Potter and the Sacred Texts. Really good podcast. You should check it out. Yeah, two like college, are they professors? Think they're, so? Well, they're not college, but like big university, like Ivy League professors, I think. Might be Harvard. Maybe. Anyway, real prestigious. It's very good. But they're friends and they talk about Harry Potter, but they kind of study it the way somebody would study scripture. And they don't, like when you told me that, I was like, it's not sacrilegious, but they're not studying it like this is our yeah. Bible. They're just taking methods that people use to study scripture and applying it to Harry Potter to yeah. really dig into it. And it was really interesting. But I had only read like the first book and I started in the, the first episode, which is the first chapter of the first book. Yeah. And then a few episodes in when they had been like making the podcast, there was the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. Was it in Orlando? Don't ask me. Oh my gosh. If it wasn't Orlando, I'm so sorry. I don't know. That wasn't was like, I don't want to talk about it. That was, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think it was Orlando. But they addressed that at the beginning and they're like, we want to read something from when Cedric died or like when, when uh, Dumbledore was addressing it. And I was like, Cedric dies? Because I feel like he'd been mentioned. And I was like, 
hang on. <laughs> and it was four books later. But yeah, if you're going to listen to that podcast, which I do recommend and never finished, because after that, I was like, well, I can't listen to it because they really are going to give spoilers for the whole series because they're assuming you've read it. Yeah. So don't start the book and then like start the series and then start the podcast. Read the whole series and then start the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. You didn't get to your point. You said that's, a, that's how I found out about Cedric dying. Oh, I thought you were going to mention something that they said in the podcast. Oh no, I don't remember what they said. I do want to mention. I do want to mention something they said in the podcast about this mm. that I really liked, and I had never thought about it before. In the book, you know, Cedric says, "Take my body back to my father." Uh. Um, Harry grabs Cedric and grabs the port key, and it it says it like that. It says mm. he grabbed Cedric. And then he, and then yes. it says they were going home, and it said Harry was treating a lot of people. Will, once somebody dies, they'll refer to a body as an it, like it's yeah. just a thing now because he's because they're gone in there. Yeah, but Harry was still considering him Cedric. Like this is Cedric. I'm grabbing Cedric. We are going home. Yeah, Oof, you know you're gonna make me cry again. And <laughs> I was so just sad. like, oh, I never thought about that, but it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's almost crying. Oh yes, no, I'm tearing up. I don't want it's too sad (laughs) but that moment and it's just so sad to think like the last thing somebody that the last thing cedric heard was kill the spare like he was just a spare you know like unimportant to voldemort yeah unimportant and i think that's why harry and dumbledore work really hard to fight against that to be like remember cedric remember his name he was important, yeah. you know. Um, he was not nobody. But that's the difference between Harry Dumbledore, Harry and Dumbledore, and Voldemort. Um, Harry and Dumbledore see the value of others. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore, uh, not Dumbledore. <laughs> Voldemort does not, other than people who can get him something. Yeah. So Harry could get him something, but Cedric was just some random dude to him. Yeah, well, he he wasn't supposed to be there. He wasn't the one that he was concerned about. So he's like, he doesn't matter. Just kill him. Yeah, just kill him. Uh, And it's so, that's something that in the books, Harry really struggles with is that that Voldemort was like, oh, kill the spare. Mm -hmm. And like, they talk about that in the podcast too. And it's Mm -hmm. really good. You should really listen to that podcast. Uh, Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. I think I'm going to start it over too. <laughs> it's really good. I, I might start it over too. Um, but yeah, like the graveyard is really, it, it is really visually striking. When Voldemort comes back, like when he kind of reforms, it's very visually striking. The The effects on his nose are great because obviously yeah. Ralph Fiennes has a nose, but Voldemort in this series does not. Um, and I I was telling Amy, like think about like, they didn't just like delete his nose. They had to recreate the skin around his nose. They had to adjust the lighting because your nose creates a shadow on your face. Mm-hmm. So taking out the nose, they would have had to recreate all the lighting on his face. They would have had to recreate the skin on his cheek that was probably blocked by his nose. Mm-hmm. Like like when you get like a side view or an angled view. Yeah. There's part of your cheek that I can't see because your nose is right there. Yeah. And they would have had to recreate that. And it's flawless. You can't, like, I feel like you can't even tell. Like, what did you think? Yeah. I Well, I wasn't even thinking about it because I don't want to bring up the Justice League. But in Justice League, I was sitting in the movie theater thinking, ew, 
his face looks weird about Superman. The mustache. And, yeah, the mustache thing. If you've listened to our first episode, which is up. Episode nine. Yes, my best friend Erica listened to it and she doesn't even, hasn't seen those movies. And she's like, I probably won't, but I like listening to it because it's like I'm hanging out with you guys. <laughs> so shout out Erica. Hi, you. Erica. Um, but I, in that movie, I was thinking, like it was distracting. But in this movie, I was just like, he just doesn't have a nose. Like it wasn't distracting from it. It's yeah. just how he was. And then you were talking to me about it. And I was like, yes, there'd be so much work and so much attention to detail. Yeah. To fix it. Yeah. In fact, the, I'm gonna, I want to find you a picture of him dressed as Voldemort, but with his nose. Are you going to put it in the show notes? <laughs> I guess so. Do we have show notes? Uh, What's that mean? It's in the description. Like, Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. But people say show notes. And I didn't know if it was a different thing. So, Josue cut out this. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Those are fake noses. I hate that. I think you should leave it in. Put on your clicky clacks, and then they'll be able to hear you listening to the typing. That? Yeah. So, look how, like, different that looks. I mean, it's just his nose, but, like... Seems so unnatural. It seems weird. Seeing oh, he's mo capped. Yeah, they put some dots on his face just so they could track it. Makes sense. Yeah. He's still kind of spooky looking. <laughs> well, they do have makeup on him and right. stuff. Right. Yeah. Oh, I do like, okay, so when he's all edited up, you know, in the movie, his skin is like real white and stuff because they said it's like almost translucent. And yeah. I, I've never thought about it, but looking at this picture, you can see the veins. Through his skin, which is a good way to um, show the translucence. Yeah. I like that. I didn't think about that before until looking at that picture. That's not a good, it's not really. Yeah. But like. Oh yeah, you can see it when it is all doctored up in white and stuff. Yeah. Whew, creepy. But yeah, he was great. Mm -hmm. um, I can't wait to see him in all the other movies because he's, mm -hmm. he's really good. Um, concluding thoughts. About the movie, the book is really good. It's one of my favorite books. Yeah. Which is funny because this movie is not one of my favorite movies of the series. Mm -hmm. But the book is one of my favorites. I, it's but it's, really good. I think it's because of the Barty Crouch Jr. stuff. I love it. Like, it is a mystery. And like, you, Go ahead, go ahead. I was, it, is, it is a mystery, like you said at the beginning after the break, was that you, you're trying to figure out, like, how did this happen? Who sent up the dark mark, you know? Who's doing all this? Blah, blah, blah. I like that, that each book has its own mystery within yeah. the whole grand scheme of things with Voldemort. Yeah. Like each book has a, well, what? Blah, blah, blah. And I like that. I like a mystery. This movie doesn't really have a mystery. Like the dark mark no. still happens. Because there's not really any foreshadowing to the moody reveal. There is a little. Not much. Like the, I can't show you, it's in the trunk. And the one time he licks his lips in that creepy way. But there's not, I don't know, I feel like there was a bigger, there was more foreshadow. Well, because of the whole thing. Yeah. So then it pays off when it's Freddy Crouch Jr. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, the, <laughs> the book is really good. It's one of my favorite books. The movie, I think, is just a, a, a poor adaptation. And I hate to say it. It's not a terrible movie, but the movie is just not nearly as good as the book. And I don't mean like, oh, I just wish they could put more stuff in it. Because there are some Harry Potter movies that are not as good as the book, but they're still really good movies. This one is an okay movie to me. Mm -hmm. It's all right. 
but the book is really good. Mm -hmm. And the things I do like in the movie, I like in the book, but I like so much more in the book, and the book is more compelling to me. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Like I... Like I said earlier, I can't pick a favorite book because I've only read them each once and I really love them and I just like them as a series. I, th I think they fit together really well. So I I wouldn't necessarily say this is my favorite book just because I, I can't say that about any of them. But yeah, I think that what they cut from the movie was to its detriment. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I would recommend the book for sure. Yes. I mean, I, I let me just, you know... I'm going to ruin the surprise. I would recommend the whole film series, mm -hmm. um, obviously. But this is one of my least favorite movies in the series. Um, I'd still say watch it, but to me it's not one of the better ones. If you're going to skip one, skip the second one with the spiders. No, that one's yeah, good. No, skip it, spiders. No, skip no. it. Skip it. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for for <laughs> thanks for listening to Story Tales. Uh, we've, we've really enjoyed doing this, yeah. and we're excited that we get to keep doing it and we hope that you guys liked it too you can follow us on twitter at storytales pod or you can email us at storytales podcast at gmail.com uh i think that's about it anything you want to say no i was just going to say tag us on social media if you're listening um because we want to know we we're trying to figure out who our listeners are yeah the first episode we know one we want to get to know you guys <laughs> yeah if, if we don't already know you we want to get to know you guys uh, hello to Erica again, if she's Hi. listening to this. Um, well, she doesn't I, watch Harry Potter either. So. No, no, so she's going to be very confused. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm Marcus. I'm Amy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Storytales. Please subscribe and follow us on Twitter at StorytalesPod, where you can share your story with us. Or you can email us at StorytalesPodcast at gmail.com. Your story wants to be told.